Safety, dependability, and power. Chevy Silverado isn't happy unless the work is hard and the day is long. No wonder Silverado is America's number one best-selling retail pickup truck. Go to ChevyDriveChicago.com and put a Silverado in your toolbox. It's the WGN Radio Football Podcast. Speed. And uh, his elusiveness, and then once he gets into the open field, he runs away from pretty much most people. Time for fields now. He'll accelerate at the first down and break tackles, and he's off to the races. Oh, he got a terrific block down there by Mooney. He's in for six. 61 yard touchdown run by the quarterback, Justin Fields. It's so fun watching him, you know, move around, make plays, give us opportunities, give the entire offense opportunities to keep driving the ball. Go Bears! Now, it's the WGN Radio Football Podcast. Here's Kevin Powell. How about QB1, Justin Fields, NFC Offensive Player of the Week after that display in the Bears' loss to the Dolphins. But good things are happening with the Bears right now. There are good vibes, and rightfully so. I'm Kevin Powell. This is... The WGN Radio Football Podcast, Matt Verderam from Fansided will join me to talk more about Fields and the Bears, take a look around the NFL as well. But really all season, you know, even despite that great performance against Miami, we've been saying, like, what can Justin Fields do when he does have some weapons around him? And when you're playing a team like the Dolphins and you have Tua and they've added so much around him that, yeah, like you're going to start thinking about Justin Fields in an offense that has a ton of talents and great personnel around him because right now he's making it happen I mean it's been so fun to watch Justin Fields develop and get better and credit to Luke Getze I, I, I've liked the play calling really the entire season but uh, over the past few weeks it's it's really been clicking and I think he's dialing up some plays uh, at the right time some of the play action stuff they're using even Cole Komet talked about how he how he liked the play calling and that sometimes they're in the huddle and They'll get a call in, and he's like, "Yes, this is the play we need. This is perfect right now. This is a this is a great call." So the vibes are good with the Bears. Let's get QB one through a full season healthy, fully standing. They've got a stretch here before the bye, um, and and you look, you just want to see the Bears continue to stack uh, games together, quality games together, and Justin Fields continue to get better. I feel really good about Justin Fields. I have for a while, but we're seeing it now. He's performing at a very high level. Now, the passing game, want to see some improvement there. I, I do think that Justin Fields has been smart lately uh, about taking shots, taking hits, or, or not taking them, and, be, and, and knowing when to go down and when to get out of bounds against the Dolphins. There really weren't any big hits that stand out. There was one where he scrambled up the middle and was tackled from behind. The defender landed on top of him, but um, other than that, I think he's being smart about when to get out of bounds and, and when to avoid those hits. So, look, the vibes are good. Um, let's hope they can continue this this momentum and start actually uh, winning some games. Although, you know, that Miami game was almost like perfect for the Bears because um, if, if you're one of those people that likes to, to keep an eye on the, the draft pick order, um, it was a great game for Justin Fields. They lost... Um, but a lot of good things that are happening with the Bears' offense. Now, the defense, look, we know it would kind of look like this. You trade away your best player in Roquan Smith, no Robert Quinn, and uh, there are some holes there on the defensive side of the ball. You hope that Matt Eberflus, the defensive-oriented coach, and Allen Williams can figure something out. I do think they could probably dial up some more blitzes and, and try to generate a, a more of a pass rush, but... 
All in all, things are good right now. Like the, things are good for the Bears. They're coming off two losses. They've they've dropped five of their last six. But you feel good about the direction of the Chicago Bears and uh, with the leadership and the head coach Matt Eberflus. But of course, things can change quickly in the NFL. But uh, I do feel good about Justin Fields. All right, Matt Verderam from Fanside to join me to talk more about the Bears and Justin Fields. Here's my conversation with Matt. Now joining me on the WGN Radio Football Podcast is Matt Verderam. He's a national NFL reporter at Fanside. He's been on the podcast a bunch, and I uh, wanted to pick his brain on the uh, the Justin Fields hype. Matt, the uh, the QB1 conversation in Chicago, it's buzzing. People are excited, and I think rightfully so. Um, you cover the entire league. What, are, what have been your thoughts on Justin Fields? Obviously named NFC Offensive Player of the Week. Had some incredible plays against Miami. Um, but from, from what you've seen from Fields, what do you like? What don't you like? There's a lot to like. As you mentioned, look, he's getting accolades. He deserves them. He was great against the Dolphins. He's really been very good the last month. Uh, everybody knows he's got athleticism. He showed that to a tremendous degree against the Dolphins, over 170 rushing yards. But I like the fact that he's becoming more efficient in the pocket. He's making good decisions. He's not turning the ball over a lot. Um, he's not going for huge yardage totals, but he's also you know, being efficient what he's being asked to do, and his yardage totals are getting better. Um, and, and I don't know if you know, I mean, even with Chase Claypool, it's not like the Bears have the greatest run turf out there catching the football. So. Um, you know, you don't expect him to be going for 300 yards a game. I mean, that's not where his development is. It's not where the Bears' development is. But he's been very good. Uh, I think for the Bears, look, this whole season, it's not about wins and losses. It's about figuring out uh, whether or not Justin Fields is the quarterback of the future. And if he continues to play the way he's been playing, I think there's a real chance that he is. Yeah, and, you know, playing against Miami, you see a team in the Dolphins, a franchise that decided to give that young quarterback to a, a bunch of weapons, right? The move for, yep. for Tyreek Hill and uh, drafting Jalen Waddell. That has worked out very well for Miami, putting weapons around Tua. And really this entire season, as you said, like we all understand, it's it's, it's the bigger picture stuff and wins and losses. It's, it's about the individual performance and all of that. Man, you can't help but think of what Justin Fields will look like when he really does have some star talent around him. And I know you mentioned Chase Claypool. What did you think of that trade? Um, I liked it because although the Bears have a ton of salary cap space to work with, there's really not a whole lot in the wide receiver free agency market uh, coming up after this season. Yeah, you know, I think if you're the Bears, you've got a bunch of picks. As you mentioned, you have a ridiculous amount of cap space. Take a chance on a guy like Claypool. He's young. You're not getting a 30 year old veteran. And you know what? Everybody's talking about, well, you know, Claypool has he produced the last couple of years. He has no quarterback in Pittsburgh. Right. I, I mean, Juju Smith Schuster didn't produce the last couple of years either. He went to Kansas City. He's on pace for 1,300 yards. Like, I have no problem with him going out and taking a shot on Claypool. He's a big physical, big bodied receiver um, who's going to give him a little bit of a guy you can throw it up to and let him make a play. That's fine. Bears don't have anybody else like that. So I don't mind that move. I, I think it's a smart move by Ryan Poles. Take a chance there. Why not? Um, you know, it's not like they traded away a, a, you know, a top five pick for him. So I'm fine with it. And you have to start somewhere. You have to give him something to build off of. And now let's give him, you, you, you have Mooney. That's fine. Uh, but he's not a number one. Neither is Claypool. But at least now you got a couple of guys. Who you can target and you can you can call a play for and you feel decent about them might get open might make a might make a catch, 
Um, this, to me, is, is a smart move because it doesn't affect really anything they want to do long term. Yeah. doesn't tie up any crazy amount of money. Uh, and, it, and it gives Fields some help now. So you can evaluate him a little bit better now as you go into the, you know, the following couple of months and then the offseason. Yeah, and you know, Claypool, you essentially have a year and a half to evaluate his play with Justin Fields before you even you know, would consider a second contract for him, which I think the timing works out, right? Like you have the final half of this season to see Fields and Claypool, and then you have all of next season. Does your daughter want to chime in on the Bears, man? Uh, she, she's currently <laughs> just, just pounding down uh, a, a bottle, so she's in, she's in a good place. Good for her. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think, I guess what, uh, there's has been some more national attention on Justin Fields and the Bears, and, you know, when the it feels like the Bears have their franchise quarterback. I mean, maybe not fully all there yet. Um, Going to want to see more. Um, but it does feel like the Bears, for the first time ever, have a real quarterback they can build around. I, I think there's there's real excitement, right? I mean, the Bears have not had a quarterback. It, you feel like, okay, he's the franchise. Maybe you want to see Jim McMahon, if not him, Sid Luckman. So you're talking about a while. Um, you know, the advent of, of cell phones, uh, you know, is, is, a, is a more recent thing than the Bears having a franchise quarterback. So I think if you're in Chicago, like I said, this whole season, this whole season is about Justin Fields, and it's about understanding who he is going forward. It's about finding out about Matt Eberflus, and is he a good head coach? I think Eberflus and Getsy have really acquitted themselves well. I think they are good coaches. Um whether or not the Bears finish with six wins, seven wins, five wins, to me is irrelevant. It's about fields. It's about finding out who the building blocks in the team are. Uh, I think their their past draft, it looks like they got a couple of kids, especially offensively here, who might be able to stick around and make an impact. So if you're the Bears, the maturation of fields is paramount. And, and by the way, the division's shaping up for you pretty well, too, because the Packers are falling apart. The Lions are still terrible. The Vikings are 7-1, and one, although I don't think the Vikings have blown anybody away, even at that record. So if you're looking into the future, you've got to feel pretty good. you got a quarterback, it appears. got to look like a pretty good coach. Yeah. Uh, I, I think all things are, are pointing up for the Bears, even though they are 3-6. and six. Yeah, you know, it's like, uh, I mean, just like heaven right now for Bears fans, Matt. They have, they're a three-win team. But the Packers stink, and the Bears might have a franchise quarterback. This is the first time in my life, Matt, where at least it feels like the Bears are trending up and the Packers are trending down. I can't explain. If, if you're not a Bears fan, you don't understand the amount of joy that this brings Bears Nation. Like Bears fans hate the Packers and Aaron Rodgers, and they've tortured Bears fans forever in my lifetime. And all of a sudden, it's starting to look like the Packers are trending down. The Rodgers-Packers marriage could be finally coming to a, a divorce, and Justin Fields might be the real deal future franchise quarterback of the Chicago Bears. Like, this is heaven for oh, Chicago Bears fans, Matt. Well, believe me, I get it. I grew up a, a, as a kid, I grew up a Chiefs fan. And I, you know, the Chiefs were trotting out all these guys that the Bears would normally trot out. The Elvis Gerbach and Steve Bonos of the world. And the, <laughs> and the Broncos had John Elway. Um, so I, I totally get it. You know, I think it's, it's one of those things where you know, it, it, this league is defined by quarterbacks. Yeah. It is, you know, more than ever. And, and so if you, don't have, if you don't have a quarterback who's a top you know, 10 to 12 level guy, you don't have a chance. 
You might get in the playoffs. You might have a year where you go ten and seven. You're not winning the Super Bowl. You're just not. I mean, look at the look at the Titans, right? Like that's a really like over the past few years they've been a really good football team, but they don't have an elite quarterback. So nobody, every playoff is picking the Titans to do anything because they don't have an elite quarterback. Right. I mean, they were the number one seed last year. Not one person in the world thought they were going to the Super Bowl. No. Right. Everybody thought Kansas City or Buffalo would do it. Which, as it turns out, they didn't. Because another team that only quarterback did in Cincinnati. Uh, You need to have an upper echelon quarterback in this league, and if you don't, you're not going to win. Uh, You know, and, and and if you do, you have a huge margin for error. Right. So. The Bears getting this level of play out of fields over the last month or so is really encouraging because now if, if you're the Bears and you're like, okay, look, this is our guy. We feel good about him. We know where we're going at the quarterback position. Everything else is now so much easier. Now it's, okay, yeah, sure, we've got to find weapons. We've got to find an offensive line. And I'm not saying that that's a, that's a cakewalk. But that's a hell of a lot easier than finding a quarterback. I mean, the Bears haven't had a quarterback since color TV. So, I mean, you, you know, it's, it's so hard to find that guy. And if you find them, everything else starts to fall on a place a little bit. And, again, there's a greater margin for error. You don't have to be perfect. You know, when you don't have a great quarterback, you mentioned the Titans, a perfect example. Tennessee has to be immaculate everywhere else to win. Mm, right. They've got to have a really good defense. They've got to be able to run the ball. They need to have receivers who can make plays on their own, which unfortunately for the Titans, they do not. Uh, you have to have all those things. If you don't have those things, you're, you're done. Whereas if you have the Mahomes of the world, you have a game where you don't block particularly well and you give up 30 points and maybe you make a, you, know, you miss a kick. It doesn't matter because you, you have Mahomes, you have Josh Allen, you have Joe Burrow, and you're going to score 35 points anyway. So, um, I think that's something that, that also really changes the game a lot of ways. Right, and like not that we need examples of it because we all understand this, that the quarterback is number one, but that was that a Sunday night game or Monday night game, Tennessee and Kansas City, and Tennessee played hard. They right. had the lead, and then what happens? Mahomes takes over and the game's over. Like You, you, you play like 98% of a very tough game, and then the star quarterback oh. takes over and beats you. Like that's That's the NFL right there. Yeah, it is. And you're right. I mean, you know, he, that's a game where Tennessee really outplayed the Chiefs for, right. I don't know, 50 minutes. And at the end of the day, Mahomes has 509 total yards and just basically says, I'm going to win the game now and does. I, you know, I mean, and that's, you know, we see that all the time with the Bills and Allen. I'm curious to see if Allen doesn't play this weekend. Like, the Bills have scored 25 touchdowns, according to ESPN, 23 of them. Uh, 20, 23 of them have been Allen either throwing it or running it. So you're just you're talking about an immense, immense volume from Allen. Right? I mean, and think just think about how much the, the quarterback means in that regard. Right? I mean, he is he is the epicenter of every single thing that they do. And so again, if you're the Bears. Even if even if Fields doesn't ever become Mahomes or he becomes Allen, even if he becomes Dak, even if he becomes uh, you know Herbert, I mean you'd be thrilled to death if the Bears he's one of those guys. You mm-hmm. build around them, you win a bunch of games. Uh, you know, I, I, and again they are set up well in the future because they have all these picks, because of all the cap space to, to, to utilize 
to get better on both sides of the ball. I'm kind of putting you on the spot here, but since people are so much looking forward to like the future with the Bears and what they can add around Justin Fields, are there any uh, uh, like receivers or, t- or free agents upcoming um, or in the draft like players that people should be keeping an eye on that the Bears could be adding in the offseason via draft or free agency? You know, I always say the same thing with the draft, whether it's you know, the Bears or the same team. I think the biggest thing right now is you just you have to just wait till the board sets up and yeah, you know, how these guys, yeah, it's just so far away. You know, if you look at mock drafts right now, there will be guys that are top twenty projected picks that will go undrafted, literally, like that that happens. So I would say this, I mean, I think if you're looking just positionally, uh, you know, we've seen more receivers than ever coming out of the draft and being able to produce right away. You know, the 20 years ago, college football was, hey, we're going to play the option game. Now it's we're going to go spread, and you have four receivers starting on every team, essentially. So I think for the Bears, I mean, it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. They may try to find a first-round receiver, um, you know, give, give Fields that, that ideal weapon. Uh, you know, so I, I think that's, that's one way to look at it. And then if there's a guy defensively who's a big-time edge rusher or a shutdown corner, I think those are those premium positions you want to look at if you're Chicago. As far as free agency, um, you know, I have to sit down and really look at the list and see who, you know, who's available, who's out there, who's not. But, again, I think it goes back to those premium positions, receiver, tackle, corner, edge. Uh, like I, I know they traded Roquan Smith, and Roquan Smith played very well for Baltimore on Monday night. I think that was a smart deal for Chicago. Yeah. Look, I, if I'm the Bears, I, I think Roquan Smith's a very good player. I'm not paying him $20 million a year. He's an off-ball linebacker. There's no way I'm paying him $20 million. They, they have a million of the knees right now. Right. So, you know, I, I, I get it. But if I'm the Bears, I'm, I'm, focusing, I'm focusing on those premium positions where I can say, okay, I need this guy at this spot because if I can upgrade here, it's a Huge difference maker. Right. I mean, I love Roquan as a player. I mean, who who couldn't? It, it, he's a great exactly. football player. But off-ball linebackers are not the largest difference makers in a football game. Are they needed? Of course, especially in a Matt Eberflus defense. But if we're talking defensive side of the ball, the real difference makers are the wreckers up front, the edge rushers, uh, guys like yeah. that. Th- those are real. Those are the guys you, you pay a premium for. Um, all due respect, and look, who knows? Roquan, I think, has a put a larger value on himself than I think a lot of general managers are putting on him because of that position and exactly what we're talking about. And I don't know what exactly he thinks he's going to get in the in the in the free agency market. Um, we'll see how the, all that plays out. But it, I, I think it's um, it's it just a, look. The Bears are known like Broquan Smith felt like the next great Bears linebacker, right? Like they have such a long history of linebackers, and that's great. That's awesome. But what don't they have? A long line of quarterbacks who have had success with the franchise. You have to start prioritizing the proper position if you're the Chicago Bears, and I think that's Ryan Poles what he's doing. Like he understands that, and to put a huge chunk of change on that position just doesn't make. A whole lot of sense. Matt, we're a little over halfway through the season now. We've got a pretty good feel for all of the teams around the league. I think in the AFC, I think it's still the Bills or KCU. The NFC kind of wide open. I mean, Philly's 8-0. I could see Dallas getting to the Super Bowl. I think they have a pretty good team. Um, what, what is, uh, what's, what's the Matt Verderam forecast on Super Bowl contenders right now? 
Yeah, look, I think in the AFC, it's Kansas City against Buffalo. And then after that, it's some combination of Miami, Cincy, Baltimore. But I think the Chiefs and the Bills are the best teams. Right now, and the Bills have taken on a lot of water with injuries, not just Josh Allen. They have a lot of guys hurt. That would be – I will say this. I think it's I think it's more important for Buffalo to have home field than it is Kansas City. Buff, Buffalo's got to find a way to get that one seed. Not that they couldn't go to Arrowhead and win a playoff game. They certainly could. They, they could have last year. Um, but it feels like it would make their lives a lot easier. And with all these injuries, they could use another week off. Um, so that's one thing to fact. And the NFC, I agree. I, mean, I think Philly's really good. I know there's this like prevailing thought with some people that, well, are they really that good? You know, Because who have they beaten? Philly's good. Philly's really good. But I'm going to do with Dallas. I think San Francisco's excellent. Um, I where are you at with, uh, where you at with TB12, Mr. Brady? They stink. I, I, I don't know anyway. they, they, they stink. They stink. He's actually still very good, to be fair he's to him. second in like, passing yards. The guy's 100 years old, and he's second in passing yeah, yards it, in the NFL. It's insane. But as a team, they stink. Like, they're the kind of team, I could see them win that division, which I think they will win that division, and then they win some playoff game against, you know, the Giants or something. But they're, they're going to get blitzed. Somebody, somebody in the NFC is really good. They're going to play them, and that, that's going to be the end of the season. So I, I think, you know, my pick before the year was the Bills and the Packers. Now, the pa- I was between the Packers, the Bucks, and the Rams, and all three of them were terrible. So um, I had Chiefs and know, Packers, I, so, uh, you know. Okay. Five I mean, straight losses of Green I, Bay, man. This is just, like, we don't see this from an Aaron Rodgers-led Packers no. team, you know? No, you don't. It hasn't happened since his rookie year. But I, I think at this point, I mean, if I had to, you know, make a pick right now, I, I'd take Philly. I would take Philly. Um, the AFC is Buffalo, Kansas City. I mean, I pick Buffalo. I'll stick with them. But I think right now, I think right now, if the Chiefs played the Bills again, even though you played a month, I think right now the Chiefs probably beat them. Yeah. Uh, but that also is due to some of the injuries and, and you know the ebbs and flows of the season. We so badly need a Chiefs Bills playoff game wherever it ends up whether it's saves the championship like we we need that to happen uh i, I think you're gonna get one i i mean i think i think they're gonna be a top two season in the conference and i don't think anybody else beat them so i think it's gonna be in buffalo kansas City. but again i really think it's important for the bills i'm not saying that, again they, they could certainly go to arrowhead and win a playoff game we saw the classic last year they, they could have been should have won but I think I think it's it's one of those deals where if the game's in Buffalo, Buffalo has a big leg up. Um, if it's in KC, it feels like it's just another advantage for a Chiefs team that's beaten in the last two years in the playoffs. It almost feels like there's more pressure on the Bills because there's been so much hype building around them, and rightfully so. They have one of the best quarterbacks, and they have a lot of good players on that team. Mahomes has the Super Bowl. Um, we all expect him to win multiple Super Bowls, but it does kind of feel like pressure is like Buffalo. Come on, it's your time. You got to get it done. Um, compared to the Chiefs, yep. where it's like you guys yep. have been the studs of the league for a long time now. So we'll see how it plays out. He's Matt Verderam, national NFL reporter at Fansided. Follow him on Twitter at Matt Verderam. Are you an official checkmark guy on Twitter yet, or are you just the basic checkmark guy? I don't, I don't even know the difference anymore. <laughs> it's I, so dumb. I got verified <laughs> so like dumb. six years ago, <laughs> but I don't know what that means now. They rolled out, what was it, Twitter Blue? I don't know. It lasted for like 28 minutes, <laughs> right. and then they had to get rid of it. You know what honestly is amazing? I, I, what was the sticker price for Twitter? What was it, $44 billion? Yeah, yep, yep, yep. And, and 
Like, this guy bought Twitter for $44 billion and has no idea. He had no plan whatsoever. Yeah. Just, like, bought it like you and I would buy, you know, I don't know, like a pack of baseball cards. Right. And then <laughs> bought it and then just had absolutely no clue what he was going to do with it. And it's just, a, it's just a beautiful train wreck in real time. Look, there are, I didn't know I was going to be talking Twitter with you, but, like, I think everybody has so many thoughts on it. Like, Twitter, in theory, like, the idea of it, can be good. It's a great spot to get breaking news, especially us for us sports fans and all of that. Right. I keep hearing people refer to it as the town square. I'm like, have you ever seen 300 million people at a town square? Like it just it it's just right. it, like it doesn't like yeah like in theory maybe that like that's the world like the online town square, but it's just a complete blank show. Like it's it's horrible. Like it's so bad. It's a, it's already working. Like just leave it alone. But he can't. He can't. He's like a child. He's got to play with it. Got to tinker with it. Like you fire all these people. You, you always know it's a bad sign, whether it's a company or it's a sports team, whatever. When somebody comes in with absolutely zero experience in a given space, and they fire everyone who knows something about it. Look, it's fine. I know more than these people. Uh, no, you don't. You don't actually. You don't know more than these people. Like. You really should lean on them for expertise, but because you you own Tesla now, you think you're a tech guru. Um, Bad idea. I mean, if I had money to afford to purchase a $44 billion company, the last thing I'm doing is buying Twitter. Like, I am just living the best life. I'm golfing every day. Like, what are you doing? Like, it just gives you a great insight of the the ego of the man and all of that. all right, yeah. good Twitter conversation, uh, Matt. Yeah. You, you're the man. Um, I know you're 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 the you're taking care of the kiddos today, so I appreciate you taking some time for the podcast. No problem. I'm happy to do it. All right, that was episode 53 of the WGN Radio Football Podcast. I'm Kevin Powell. Thank you for listening. Thanks again to Matt for joining me. Thanks to Brian Altimer and Ernie Scatton for their help producing the podcast as well. Thanks again for listening. This is the WGN Radio Football Podcast.